Praise God. The Lord is good. Thank you, Lord. Anybody free? Hallelujah. So what does it take for me to be free? To, to see that you are. Yeah, I'm free when I see that I am free. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the experience comes out sometimes through a shout. Comes out. I mean, the Lord will help me to experience it by uh, prompting me to do certain things. You know, I'm talking victorious things through a shout, through a something. <laughs> Amen. But the reality is, if you're in Christ, you're already free. Yeah. You know, that ceiling we were talking about, bonk, bonk, it's not even there. Reality is in the Spirit, it's not there. Huh? It's not really there. We just need to see that it's not. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, anybody sense the Spirit of God on them? Glory to God. Any anointing on you guys? <laughs> Glory to God. Well, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we're just so thankful tonight for freedom. We're thankful for victory. We're thankful for the work of God in our lives. Lord, we acknowledge you in your presence. We acknowledge your grateful, your greatness. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for your greatness working in us now. And we will not be held back any longer. We will not be limited any longer. But Lord, we are free. We're free to excel. We're free to succeed. We're free to experience. And we're free to see those things that you've shown us come to pass. Lord, we're living in your rest. We're living in your best. We thank you, Lord, for, for the glory of the Lord that rests upon us. We yield ourselves to you. And thank you, Lord. The power of God works through us, all through us tonight. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Well, he is good. Amen, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God is good. Amen, amen. Praise God. Say it out loud. I am free. And I am in the victory. Thank you, Lord. The greater one lives in us. Thank God. How many know, uh, biblically, the, the, the key to freedom? Say, so is there a key? Well, there's one primary thing that, you know, I'm, I'm talking about, don't just say Jesus. Because well, that's the answer to every question, right? Well, Jesus. <laughs> uh, but I mean, more specifically, it's John, John chapter 8 and verse 32. Remember, Jesus said there, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Free. So truth is directly connected to freedom. Absence of truth, absence of freedom. All right. Or you look at it from the other side. If there is uh, a, a lack of freedom, or we would call it bondage, we would call it uh, 
you know, whatever, bound by any, any, anything, then that would indicate that there is um, truth lacking. All right? It doesn't indicate that God has not freed someone or made them free, but it indicates, it does indicate that a person who is bound does not know about the freedom that God has given them. Everybody with me in this? In other words, truth, freedom, lies, bondage. All right. If I believe the truth, I'm free. If I don't believe the truth, I'm bound. Or, and sometimes not believing, simply can come from a place of not knowing. All right. This gives great uh, importance to the to the need, the necessity of us growing and increasing in our knowledge of truth because then at the very same time we also grow and increase in our level of freedom yeah that's why primary prayers in the new testament are not about if you read the scriptures they're not about lord what can you give to me as far as natural needs but the prayers are about understanding and revelation talking ephesians 1 is the primary example talking about understanding of what the lord has done for us because when understanding is there when truth is there sickness is gone when understanding is there poverty and lack are gone see all those bondages mental issues and depression and marital problems and all kinds of stuff all that cannot continue to exist in the light of the revelation of Jesus when he in all his resurrected glory is seen clearly by us then there is nothing that can be against us there's nothing that can hold us down or hold us back amen I used that illustration earlier about you maybe a news story would be a catalyst for that stock to break out well maybe a good news story would be catalysts for our lives you know good news gospel something true about Jesus that becomes real in me is a catalyst to propel me forward and break out into victory praise God so now while we're talking might as well go a little bit further in this I believe it's right and, and inspired for us to do so right now okay so everybody here everybody hear this I was really surprised how many people came forward and, and delighted at the same time that people are pressing in and pressing on and, and going, going for it. Amen. Because I, I know that's why you're here. Um, but, but, but here's the thing. And this is why I share the, all this. Because it's, it's hitting a large number of people right now. Satan has no power over you. And over me. Zero. Absolutely zero. Alright. I don't even like to talk about the dude much and if I do I like to be highly disrespectful <laughs> now I'm, I'm aware of the fact that the angel of, you know Michael you know said the Lord rebuke thee and so forth but he, I'm not an angel <laughs> and I, I don't mean that in a like a bad kind of way <laughs> I'm not going to be that nice no I'm, we're just in a different place than an angel angels are all right. I don't know exactly their full assignment and everything. I know mine, though. I'm a redeemed one. I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. 
Satan is beneath my feet. Okay, so we don't like to talk a lot about this turkey because he, he he's defeated, you know. Like uh, uh, Colossians says, he's been stripped of his power, and uh, he's a streaker, like we, we say sometimes, right? He's a defeated foe. Let's not let's stop giving him credit. I, I you know here here's food for thought. You know I like to provoke thoughts, but um, I don't like to use a whole lot of the word attack. I'm under attack. Well, I've just really been under attack. And I'm not saying it that, that it's absolutely, totally incorrect. But here, here's the thing. Under attack by who? That little twerp that Jesus defeated? That powerless being that once was something special but turned his back on God and then through the redemptive work of Christ, Jesus went into his own backyard, took the keys of death, hell, and the grave... Come on now. And authorize you and me as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ to go forth in His name. You mean that guy's attacking you? Oh, no no need to even discuss that then. Because seriously, that's no big deal. I mean, if God were attacking you, you know, you'd have some trouble. But thank God He loves you. (laughs) Thank God he's, He's on our side. We're on His side. We're in the same family. But the devil attacking someone? Whatever. You know, that's like a full-grown adult and, you know, a three-year-old comes up. You know how little kids sometimes, they'll, they might attack you. It's like, I'm just saying there's no match. There's no match. Greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. He who's in the world, right? And so, and so I'm saying this. Jesus revealed and told us about how truth makes us free. And so... What would be the primary target then of the devil? It, no, you already know where I'm going, but if he has no power because Jesus stripped him of all his power, removed his authority to dominate mankind, if Jesus really did that, he's really defeated, then what can he do? He can do nothing unless we give permission unless we give place really it becomes uh, our problems then almost become uh, self-defeat because literally the defeated foe can't do it but he is going to attack he's now you all are right on the same page with me what's he going to attack truth full-out assault throw everything he's got which is nothing But you don't understand what he can do is lie. Jesus called him the father of lies. There is no truth in him. And so what is he going around doing? Lying. Lying to you. Lying to me. Throwing thoughts. Because, you know, when I say he can do nothing, he can throw an idea out there. Hmm. I remember uh, a friend friend of ours, uh, uh, Joe Morris was sharing the story. I believe he shared it in our church, and I can't say it exactly right, but uh, he, was, he, had been, he was ministering in a church, and he was out in the, in the lobby uh, afterward. And uh, I hope I'm telling his story right, but just forgive me if I get it wrong. I'll get the gist of it right, because that's why I'm telling it. <laughs> uh, 
But anyway, there was some individuals there, and uh, and they, they, he heard this person, and they were they were talking about the leadership in the church, and they were saying, "Yeah, this person shouldn't be in this position. I should be doing that." And this person doesn't know this. I know this, and I should be doing this. And and this person thought he was just talking out of his own mind, getting his own ideas. But what Joe saw is there was a demon sitting right on his shoulder, feeding him every line. He would hear the demon say it, and then this person would just be a mouthpiece to it. And they would speak it out. And they were taking that offense and spreading it and causing division to come in the church, in this particular church. So why, why do I say that? Well, that's all the devil can do. How many know if we didn't, if we didn't listen, if we didn't go there and, and believe these things and listen to them, he would have no voice. He would have no place. He would, ha- he, does, he, he would have no power. But he's trying to work against you and against me to simply believe things that aren't true. Amen. Because if you know, you know the truth, you'll be free. And if you believe a lie, you'll be bound. So lie, 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 lie. That's what he does. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Hanging from a telephone wire. That's all he is. So here's what, what I, I think would be uh, of great importance to us is to educate ourselves, if you will, draw upon the Spirit of God, pray that prayer from Ephesians 1, give me revelation so I can see and discern right from wrong, truth from error, right? The thing is about our day, though, I believe we're living in the last days. I don't know if we just have a few years left or a few decades left or, or uh, you know, I don't know exactly, but I believe we're in the, the, the last days. And, uh, the Bible gives us a lot of insight. The Lord gave people direction way back then in the first century. The church gave words, prophetic words that pointed to our day and our time. And he said, he told us some of the things that were going to be happening. Look, look in your Bible with me for a moment to Second uh, Timothy Chapter 3. Everybody okay? Second Timothy chapter... Let's see. Let me go to the second book like I said. Verse 1. Know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. Now, is that a fact? See, these are things that we're not going to pray away. Everybody with me? I believe in praying. I believe in that there's a lot of things that can be changed through prayer, things that can definitely be avoided by us as God's children. But as far as the big picture, we're not going to pray enough. And, and then in the last days, there are no longer going to be perilous times. There are. They're increasing as we live our lives right now. I mean, don't you see it? I mean, it, it almost seems like this, like this event that happened the other day um, in, uh, was it D.C.? In D.C. with the shooting at the Navy place. Um, it almost seems like, even in me, maybe some of you, that it wasn't, it wasn't as big of a shocker as it would have been 
10 years ago, 15 years ago. It's like, oh, another shooting. I mean, it's kind of sad because it's a big deal. I mean, people lost their lives. I mean, it's very serious, but you see how these things are happening more frequent. And, you know, the flooding in Colorado. It's like it's a big deal. People died and some people are suffering tremendously and it's a real hardship. But it's almost, at least to me, and I don't know if you're with me on it, I'm not surprised. It's like, oh, there's another disaster. And I don't mean to, you know, I don't think I'm cold-hearted towards people who are suffering in that regard at all. But it's like, here it goes. These things are increasing in frequency right before our eyes, right in our lives. I mean, we're seeing a huge escalation of, of disasters and of people flying off the hook in our country and shooting places up. And, and uh, I don't believe it's going to decrease. I believe, really, um, it's going to increase. But in the last days, Paul told Timothy a long time ago, he said, it's going to be rough. That doesn't mean that, we're, that we have to be in that trap. How many know we got the Holy Ghost? He'll guide us and direct us and protect us and, and all these things. So I'm not, uh, don't get in fear over these things at all. But watch what's happening right before us. He went through and he started listing a lot of characteristics of the, what would be in the hearts of men. He said, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, uh, haughty, lovers of pleasures rather than lovers of God. Uh, you can see all these things. There's quite a list. I, I don't want to take time on you know, develop, developing and explaining these things. But you think about it. These are the things that w- it's said that would happen in our day. I take this personally to look at this and say, okay, if I see this is going to happen, I don't want to be among those with whom it's happening. I don't, be the one, I don't want to be the one who has these characteristics in my life. But I know I'll be tempted. You know what I mean by that? I, I know I'm living in a world where these things are going to be happening in the lives of a lot of people. I don't want to fall in the same trap that they're falling into. This is one of the advantages we have. We have foresight. We know these things are coming. We know these things are happening and are going to increase. Because think about it. Even in their day, were there people who were lovers of themselves? Were there those who were lovers of money? Could we go through all those things existed in their day? So what he must be talking about is an escalation. It's going to be more commonplace. It's going to be very frequent. And it's going to cause a lot of problems in the earth. He went on to say for... um, at the end of this, verse 5, he said, having a form of godliness but denying its power. See, that would be a characteristic of our day too. People would be, they'd have a form, we might say a religion of godliness, but they wouldn't have the power of God. I, what does it say? For, from such, turn away. You see that? Run the other way. I don't want to be a part of that. I don't want to get sucked into that trap. And this is true of our day. Go down a little bit. I don't want to read this all, but uh, look at verse 13. He said, but evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. 
evil men and imposters. Now, obviously, these evil men and imposters are inspired to do the devil's work. And what is that work? It is deception. They're deceived themselves, and they are deceivers. They are deceiving. Should we be conscious of this? Yes, we should be aware. Not meditate on it all day long, but be aware. One of the primary things that's going to happen in our day is deception. Jesus even talked about how the deception would be so strong in the last days that if it were possible, even God's elect would, could, would be deceived. He said it would be that strong. And so this is something we should have our, uh, our ears attuned to. Okay? Watch out. There are people... There are those in leadership that can be and will be deceived and they will lead others astray. And we must watch out that we stick to what's true. That we be lovers of truth. That we hold on. Because there are, you know whenever there's, you know how deception works. Is when you're deceived, you think you're right. That's why it's deception. <laughs> In other words, you don't think you're being deceived. You think everyone who's telling you you're deceived is deceived. But the reality is someone's deceived. So how, 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 how can I know? How can I know if I'm deceived? I think there are some real basics that can help us to recognize this. I'm not saying I'm right about everything. I'm not. I don't know everything. Uh, and, and so when I talk about being deceived and the enemy's desire to deceive people to lead them into bondage... It's not that we have to have perfect knowledge of all things or we fall into this category. But there, is, there are some basic things that are essential. Let me show you one other scripture. I won't go uh, long in this. Um, but I just have to find it for a moment in my mind. It's uh, 1 Corinthians or one of the Corinthians. It's the, give me a second. It's the 11th chapter. Uh, wouldn't be the first one because that's that subject must be the second one you ever have that you can't remember which one i've never had that before but <laughs> first second corinthians 11 second corinthians 11 he said paul writing to them said this in verse 3 but i fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived eve by his craftiness so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. He was concerned about them in their day, and they had him. Mr. Revelation dude, Paul. He was concerned about them, that they would be deceived, that they would be tricked, and they would depart the simplicity of Christ. All right? Here's something that I think will help us in the big picture. To continue in, in freedom and in truth. Is when we talk about Jesus. We never want to add anything to him. Or take anything away from him. And when I say him. The person. And the work. The work on the cross. His redemptive work. His resurrection from the dead. The person and the work. In other words this is, this is how this works. And it might seem ultra simple to you now, but it is simple. But how many know people do get led astray from simple things? You know, a pastor that um, I'm aware of 
he was in Tulsa when I was when I lived there years ago. Um, I can say his name, I guess. Carlton Pearson was his name. Some of you might be aware of who he was. Had a big church in Tulsa back in the day. I had been to his services, you know, for some special meetings. It wasn't my home church. Um, when I lived there, uh, you know, Carmen the singer, he was there a lot, and he was that was his church, and and uh, you know, I'd been there when. Uh, uh, what's his name, Reinhard Bonnke came to minister. I went to uh, be in that service. And so, you know, a lot of good things happening there. But uh, several years ago, he went off the deep end. He's full-blown universalist now. All right, you know what I mean by that? Some of you might not. In other words, no one's going to hell. Jesus paid for price for everyone, so everyone's saved. All right, so when we talk about the simplicity, and this was a person who moved in power. He was anointed to preach and, and do the work of God. Had a church of thousands of people and uh, is totally not walking with God now. Anyway, when I talk about the simplicity, simplicity in Christ, first of all, we, not, we don't add anything to Him. And I think most of us probably understand that, that we take what Jesus did and our salvation, our relationship with God is solely based upon the finished work of the cross. Nothing I do adds to that. Okay? I don't improve my standing with God because I pray more, I work hard, I do, I'm a better person. All that is solely and completely wrapped up in Jesus. Anytime I start trying to add to the work of Jesus, then I might as well join one of the world religions that teaches works as a method unto salvation. And, you, and they're rampant. They're all around us. There's a big one in our area. Okay? It's not just about Jesus. It's about Jesus and what you do after that. That's what many say. That's leaving the simplicity that is in Christ. There is absolutely zero I can do to improve my righteousness. To give me better standing with God. I am, you are completely and fully accepted in the Beloved which is Jesus. All right. Like we were talking about Sunday. A person is either in or out. Not, I'm way in. <laughs> no, you're either in Christ or you're not. Right? And so, simplicity means I never add something to that. And if you ever find yourself going down that road where Jesus plus, Jesus and, well, I know you've been born again, but you still need to do these things to gain your salvation or to earn your to earn God's love or anything like that. We stop right there. Okay? Now we could say a lot about that, but let's jump to the other side of this. We don't want to add anything to Jesus. We we also don't want to take anything away from him. And this is one of the things that's happening in our day as well, and I suspect it probably will increase. Like the the example of the individual I gave to you. It will probably increase people going down the road of and starting from a good place in God's grace it's provided for everyone nothing we can do to add to it you keep going down that if you leave the simplicity of Christ then you get over to the place where he's done it he's already taken care of it he's paid the price for everyone's sin and so everyone's saved and so there's nothing a person needs to do and pretty soon people stop getting saved as a result of that everybody with me if that sounds crazy, watch. Watch and see. 
watch and see what has and is and probably will increase in the in these days as we go forward because those of us who accept the scripture and accept the words of God as true there's certain you know there's certain behaviors we're going to be persecuted for more and more because we don't accept the big one being homosexuality if you call that a sin you are already called a hating a hater in this world in our country you're called a hateful person if you believe that you think that's going to go away man unfortunately you know people who have the most love are going to be accused of just the opposite so what's the temptation it is it is to back off and this is the devil's only strategy he can't hit you he would he can't just kill you he already would have but what can he do lie present a logical somewhat logical conclusion you know he messed with Adam and Eve and said ah God just doesn't want you to know everything like he does you know God just doesn't you know tries to use trickery tries to use a logical uh, thing and I people it's been happening for years but people can come to certain conclusions from reading certain scriptures in certain ways and reality is ignoring other scriptures but they'll fade into the background and pretty soon well you don't have to do anything to be saved just God already loves you you're saved Jesus to pay for your sins you're already saved ultimately everyone's going to be in heaven but how many know the Lord didn't teach that even as appealing as that might sound everyone be saved yeah Jesus said the road to destruction is wide the road to life is narrow few make it not everyone's going to heaven not everyone's going to receive the truth but these are these are just some examples of of, of lies of strategies of the enemy that he wants to use to get people off track to get people out of the place of God's blessing and God's favor on our lives. Amen. Amen. Paul went on to say here, he said, verse 4, For if the one, if, if he who comes preaches another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit, which you have not received, or a different gospel, uh, which you have not accepted, you may, you well may put up with it. He's saying, you guys are, I'm concerned, <laughs> concerned about you. Someone come preaching something totally different, you're probably just going to accept it. And he's warning them. And so let us take the warning as well. Amen. Let us take the warning and let's stay true. Let's stay strong. Let's stay committed to the, the simplicity of Christ, to the very words of God. And, uh, and, and know that, uh, you know, he's not, he's not changing his mind. It's not like uh, a government or like our constitution where you can have a constitutional amendment. There are no amendments to what God has said. If he said it, done. Done. Not going to change. So we just stay with it. Praise God. And knowing the truth, again, can't say that enough. Knowing the truth makes us free. Makes us free. So we keep our guard up. So we keep our eyes open, our ears alert. Lord, give us eyes to see and ears to hear, hearts open and receptive. Right, right? To receive the words of life, words of truth, revelation of truth that makes us free. Praise God.
Praise God. Amen. For whom the Son sets free is free indeed.